We started a series um, just uh, two weeks ago. I know Tim shared about the world race last week, but a couple weeks before that, we started a series called Into the Water. Um, it's kind of, I know some of you are here for the first time, so I'm going to try to catch you up. Into the Water is kind of like our follow-up series to a series we did through the month of July called Focus. And so in July, we talked about the one thing that we're supposed to be doing, um, pop quiz, what's the one thing that we're called to do? Make disciples, right? And so we say it like this, we're supposed to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so we just call that being a discipler. That's just a word that we made up. If you type it into an email, hey, God wants you to be a discipler, you'll see the red squiggly line because your computer's like, that's not a word. You're an idiot. You're not an idiot. You're just part of the gathering, okay? It's just kind of our DNA. It's a little word we make up. And people go, what? But it's, it's real, okay? Discipler means you're in that process. And so if, if, if July was kind of like this, this is what we're supposed to do, then August is kind of like, this is how we're supposed to do it. Does that make sense? And I love that. Um, you ever had a teacher who all they ever did was tell you what you did wrong? They never told you how to do it right? Um, man, we, we don't like those teachers. We like teachers and coaches that maybe they do tell us you're doing it wrong, but here's what you can do. Here's how you can do it. And so that's kind of what this month is all about. Um, we, we learned that first week. It's one thing to talk about something, it's another to do it. And so we, we kind of poke fun at, um, at little kids that stand on the side of a pool, and they, you know, one, two, and then they back away. And, and like the parents are in the pool, like, hands up, come on, just jump, I got you. And they, they never jump, and they never jump. And, and what we learned is this, it's, it's always safer on the shore, always. But we weren't made for that, were we? We weren't made. We were made to jump into the water. We were made for that, right? I showed you that picture a couple weeks ago. That's what we were made for, right? Now, some of you are going to take that very, very literally. After, after church today, you're going to go eat somewhere, and you're going to get the biggest burger with the most grease, and your, your spouse is going to be like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm training, right? I'm training to be like that dude so I can jump into the water. You don't have to look like him, but that's what we're made to do. I mean, we're not made to stand on the sidelines. We're made to jump. And so two weeks ago, we looked at Ezekiel 47. Um, just to refresh your course, it was a vision that Ezekiel had about this, this um, river that started at the throne of God. And as it went down, it got deeper and deeper. Remember, he had that angel that led him out into the water. And it was ankle deep and knee deep and waist deep. And then it was over his head, right? And so what we talked about is this, that that kind of symbolizes the presence of God. That when the presence of God is in our lives, you'll hear people talk about the river. That's what the river is. It's the presence of God. And when the presence of God is in our lives, then there's certain things that happen. What I love about that story in the Bible is that we know people, don't, don't point at them please right now, but we know people that get out into the deep things of God and turn into weird people of God, right? And so we're like, if that's deep, I don't want it, right? We, they just get out there and start swimming around in the river, like, you know, paddling around, whatever, having fun. What we learned in that story is that the angel took him out into the deep and then brought him back, right? And he said, look, because there's stuff to do. There's work to be done. We saw that one, if you read it later today, Ezekiel 47, you'll see that, like, there were fishermen on the banks of the river. And they're like, some of y'all are like, I want to do that. I'm casting my, I'm in there. I'm fishing, you know. But he brings work. He brings souls, the presence of God. There's something about the presence of God that draws people to him. Have you noticed that? We can't even really label it. There's something about you. I'm just drawn to you. There's work to be done. He brings us fish. And so this morning, um, I want us to, it's going to be a little bit uh, different. 
So here, here, let me just explain what I mean by that. Sometimes what we do is preachers take a passage of Scripture and they, I don't mean this in a bad way, they just, they cut it up, like they sirloin it, you know, fillet it, grill it, put it on a plate, like here's what the Greek word means and, and then here's what the Hebrew word means, even though it's in Greek. And they just break it all down. They can say all the words correctly. If there's weird names, they can pronounce them. And you walk out going, I know everything there is to know about those three verses. And there's nothing wrong with that. We do that here sometimes. But today's not going to be one of those days. Because today what I need to do is I need to kind of get across a concept to you. Now we're going to read Scripture and I'm going to read it to you and you're going to be like, huh? And then I'm going to show you, like, to give you the big idea and that's going to help you make a little bit of sense of it. And then I just want to give you a concept. I want to give you a picture. I want to give you a metaphor so that when you walk out you're like, okay, I know what that means. Okay? So it's not going to be like there's no Greek words for me to explain to you. And the concept that I want you to get is like if God's bringing fish, if we go into the river, the presence of God is moving in our lives, it's working in this church, it's operating, we're taking it out into the streets, we're taking it to East Albemarle, we're meeting people, we're, the servers you talked to today, the presence of God is in you. If that presence of God is in your life and moving through your life, then we know from Ezekiel 47 that he's going to attract fish to you, Right? And I don't mean you're going to go jump in a boat on a Saturday morning and fish are going to jump in your boat and, you know, your wife's going to think you're amazing. What I mean is souls, right? Souls in the kingdom. He's going to bring people to you. Coworkers that don't care anything about church. They never read the Bible. They don't even care about Jesus. They're going to start to be drawn to you. In our church, God's going to bring fish. And what I know is that fish don't always look the same, right? Here, just let me give you a couple of examples. I don't know if you can see this or not. This this is a fish called a stonefish. You can barely see in there where he is, but it's called a stonefish. And um, we have a red lion fish. Um, we have a frogfish, also known as an ugly fish. Um, we, we've got, that's the blobfish. That's an appropriate name, isn't it? Somebody, some, some, some scientists went to school and got a lot of degrees, and they said, we'd like for you to name this fish. And he was trying to come up with something really, really descriptive that sounded smart, and he was just like, blobfish? And that's, that's what they said, yeah, blobfish. Um, and we got the boxfish, and then, and then maybe possibly the smoking turkey fish, right? Um, oh, smoking turkey fish. That might be the most dangerous fish of all, the smoking Smoking turkey fish. There, there are tons of fish. They're all different kinds. Um, there's a weird person somewhere that was like, I'm going to put a fish in a turkey with a cigarette and I'll take a picture. I don't know, but thank God for that person because it, it made today fun. Um, there are so many different kinds of fish. And so the concept I want you to get this morning is, is, is crucial, okay? Uh, let me, I'm going to read to you Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter 14. If you're not really used to your Bible, um, Romans is in the New Testament. So if you find somewhere about two-thirds through your Bible, you'll, you'll find the beginning of the New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts, and then Romans. And so we're in Romans chapter 14. I'm going to read it to you. The, ver- the words are going to be up on the screen. Um, I'm going to read you the first 12 verses and then give you the big idea, then give you a picture, and then we're going to talk, and then I'll be done. That was it. That was a pretty good nutshell of the sermon. Here we go, Romans 14. Accept him who's weak, whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Now again, if you get lost in here, it's all good. Hang on and we'll explain it. One man's faith allows him to eat everything. I think we just saw that man diving into the pool. But another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. 
The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he, and he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. That's important. Verse 8, if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. We're going to stop there. I will say the last half of the chapter is just as important. You can read that as well later. So let me give you um, the big idea. Try to start making some some sense of what we just read. And then I'm going to give you uh, a picture, and we're going to talk through that. Here's your big idea. And by the way, if you're new here, big idea is me just um, admitting that you're not going to remember much of what I say. And so if you can just remember this and the scripture that we've tied it to, you're, you're pretty good to go. Okay, so here's your big idea today. The gospel enables different people to be in the same place because of God's grace. The gospel allows different people to be in the same place because of God's grace. Now, I've been trying to think, okay, God, what's a metaphor for this? What's something, what's a picture? What's an analogy? What's something that I can show you and immediately you should be able to go, oh, I get it. And here it is. A swimming pool. And more specifically, a public swimming pool. Um, what, what does the pool have to do with what we just read in Romans um, 14? Let me just give you, if you're taking notes, you can just kind of jot some of these down. Let me just give you a couple of observations about pools, okay? Here we go. Um, pools attract all types of swimmers. Have you noticed this? Um, who in here has ever spent time as a lifeguard? Raise your hand. Okay, so you already know this is true. Pools attract all different types of swimmers. We, I showed you all the different fish, but just think about, here's just a few of the types of swimmers that you'll see in a pool. You've got wall clingers. Have you noticed them? Right? They're, these are the people that, I mean, it's funny, like when they're small children, we understand it, but have you ever seen a grown-up, like, clinging to the wall, not going to let go? You got, you got wall clingers. Um, you got bubble blowers. These are typically small kids who are just starting to, like, they, they, put their mouth in and they blow, and then they're surprised by the, the stuff that jumps up in their nose, right? Um, sometimes adults do that too. That's fashion. You have splash and dashers, right? These are the kids that just have a big water fight, and they splash each other and move all around the pool, and it just bugs everybody. You've got cannonballers. How many of you were and maybe still are cannonballers? Let me see your hands. Okay, I'm in a, a church full of cannonballers. And then my favorite people are lap swimmers. They're the grumpy ones. In the public pool. Give me my lane, right? Um, now, listen, there are all these people coexisting in a pool. And I want to make this clear from the very beginning. Because when I say the word coexist, some of you, um, depending on who you follow around town, right, some of you picture a bumper sticker, right? 
that says coexist, and it's made out of the logos of all these different religions and different belief systems and, you know, all this stuff. And what they're saying is, can't we all just get along? So I want to make this very clear right up front. Paul says in Romans 14 from verses 1 to verse 12, in 12 verses, nine times, he says the word Lord. This is not us coexisting with lots of different religions in the same pool and going, well, you know, you kind of got your Islamic section and you've got your Christian section. No, 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 no. If you're in the pool, it's because you've made a decision that Jesus is Lord of your life. There's just one way to heaven. His name is Jesus Christ, right? And Paul says over and over and over again, it reminds me of our, our first, the first series in the focus, in the first message in the focus series, right? We said this, when we're focused, we have resolve. And what have we resolved? That Jesus is Lord. So this entire message, don't walk out of here going, oh, I see how it is at the gathering. Like, you know, it's all about whatever religion you want to be, whatever belief system you want to have. No, 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 no. It's all about Jesus is Lord in your life. But there are lots of different kind of swimmers in the pool. It's important to know that. Some of you are splashers. Some of you are lap swimmers. There are different types of swimmers. Um, there are different depths in a pool. Uh, think about all the places in a pool. There's the kiddie pool. Which, when I used to lifeguard on a really, like if it ever got shady and kind of cool and like you, you wanted like that nice warm area to sit, um, and you wanted the jacuzzi, you could sit in the kiddie pool because it was always warm, wasn't it? I mean, I, I know you're thinking it was warm because of other stuff, but I always thought it was warm because it was about that deep and the sun could heat it up quickly. So I'm going to stick with my story, right? Because um, I feel cleaner that way. Uh, you, got, you got the kiddie pool. You got the shallow end, right? We know we got the deep end. You got the diving board. It's just places where people kind of tend to, to gather in groups, right? So you've got the diving board. Um, I love the people that go in the deep end, and they grab on the diving board, and they do pull-ups on the diving board. Have you seen this? This is always fun. Like, like they think they're strong. Like, dude, like two-thirds of your body is in the water. Hello, it's not a real pull-up, right? And then you got the people that are, they, they kind of congregate around the ladder in the deep end that gets out. You've always got people that congregate on the steps in the shallow end. So you've got all these different places in the pool. Um, when I was lifeguarding, the pool often looked like, can we just throw that picture of the pool up again? Kind of like that controlled chaos, right? So just make yourself the lifeguard and you're responsible for all the people in the pool. It's a little bit crazy. And when you're in your area, maybe your area is this lady that's near the steps or, you know, the kid with the floaties. Maybe that's your area. But when you're in your area, all you know is your area. But the lifeguard knows all the areas, right? And they're, listen, they're all different places, different kinds of depths. There's all kinds of places to go in the pool. You're still in the same pool. Most people tend to hang out in the places where they feel the most comfortable. I, I, love, I love what Paul says in verse 2. He says, one man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Now, you, in the context, okay, we're not going to go deep in this, but just in the context, 
what he's wrestling through in this book is food that's been sacrificed to idols. And should they eat it? Should they not eat it? And some Christians were saying, hey, you shouldn't mess with that because it's, it's tainted and it's poison and it's cursed. And other Christians were like, dude, God's got more power than that. And so if he says, I can eat it, I'm going to eat it. And so you kind of had that going on. Um, we're not talking about meat today. We're not talking about, you know, real Christians eat Mexican or real Christians go to Zaxby's. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is this. Some Christians like the deep end and some Christians like the shallow end. And we've got to be okay with that. You've got to understand, like, if God's going to use us as a church to be disciplers, if we're going to meet people that, that love Jesus but are just getting started on this journey, then they're going to be in all different places in this pool of faith, in this pool of, hey, everybody raise your hand that says Jesus is Lord, and everybody raises their hand. But the truth of the matter is every hand that went up, some of those hands need to be in the shallow end, and some of them need to be in the deep end, and some of them might need to be in the kiddie pool. You've got to be okay with that. Because God's going to bring all kinds of different people in this place with different stories, different backgrounds. And what we typically do, and I hate this, but what we typically do is we try to find a pool that's full of people who swim the way we swim. And what happens is you get a, a pool full of people that like to stay in the shallow end, or you get a pool of people that go, well, that's for little babies, but we're in the deep end because we're mature. And they end up having a pool that has this big gate and fence all around it. And it turns from a public pool into a private pool. And all they have are people just like them. I just described every church in America. Somebody comes in that looks a little bit different. Like, oh, you don't belong in this pool. Maybe if you'll go down the street. It's good that you're in Albemarle because there's 150 some odd churches to pick from. So you'll find one that suits you. So what happens is we divide ourselves up. On personal preference. When what Paul's saying here is the glory of the gospel of God is that the gospel, because of God's grace, enables different people to be in the same place. That's what shows the world the gospel of God. There are all kinds of different depths, different places to hang out in the pool. Um, there are messes in a pool. Of, of, all my, of all the pool rules I've ever seen in my entire life, this is my second favorite. Show it. Welcome to our ool. Notice there's no pee in it. Let's keep it that way. I love that. Um, it's, it's second favorite. My favorite pool rule, I don't have a picture of it because I, th I think somebody just drew it and stuck it up and I never found it again. My favorite pool rule was at the list, uh, the long, I didn't have a long list of pools at a beach, at a pool down at the beach. The last one was don't drown. It's like that's simple, concise, it's, it's easy to understand, right? It's don't drown, right? You don't, want, you don't want to break that rule. Um, there are messes in the pool. Um, with so many people in a pool, there's bound to be pee. Some kid's going to pee in the pool. Someone's going to get sick. I had a kid one time when I was lifeguarding the YMCA, threw up in the pool. So in case you've ever wondered this, vomit does float. And so it was in the middle of the pool, and, and I didn't want to touch it because, I mean, who wants to touch that, right? And so we got all the kids out, and I got a garden hose, and I just sprayed as much as I could until it got close enough to the side so that we could then get it out with a towel. What I didn't realize was, you know, like when you spray vomit, it just goes everywhere. And so by the, like, I had this big thing of vomit in the middle of the pool, and by the time I got it out with the towel, I was like getting this much out, you know. So it's safe to go back in now, everybody, right? Stupid, stupid lifeguard. Um, 
You're, you're going to get food in, in the pool. At some point, you can tell them, don't, don't eat in the pool. You're going to have food in the pool. I remember a time at the Y, like family swim. I mean, everybody's in the pool. It's crazy. And I'm lifeguarding, so I'm walking all around. And I'm looking, I'm checking, making sure everybody's drowning. And I noticed food in the pool. And I was like, oh, great. So, you know, my other lifeguard, like they're working. And I was just like, I'm going to go get that out of, out of the deep end. So I go in, get in the deep end. I, I, I dive down. I don't have my goggles on. I, are y'all goggle people in the pool? Because if you don't have goggles on, like the chlorine gets in there. Everything's kind of blurry. And so I got down there, and I saw it, and I just reached out, and I picked up a Snickers bar. It wasn't a Snickers bar, but whatever. Um, <laughs> maybe it was good that I didn't have goggles, right? Because I had no idea. I just remember when I, when I picked it up, it just, it just disintegrated right there in my hand. Oh. <laughs> so the, so the, the question is, you're like, you're like, Where's the picture of that, right? <laughs> so the, the question is this, not, not will there be messes in a pool? And so let's just, again, let's bring this into the church, right? So you're in the pool. This is you. You're in the pool. Now, we, we might have to have discussions about who, who's, who's the shallow side, right? I mean, who, who loves this kind of stuff? And wouldn't it be great if I could actually wear that, but I can't. And maybe you're like, you know, a swimmy person. Um, maybe this is you, and you like this kind of stuff. Um, I'd love to put my feet into that happy bumblebee thing, but I can't. Or maybe you're this person. You're like, you know, you're the, I mean, every guy in here is going to be this person. Am I right? scuba gear and ow ooh, just kidding um you know may, maybe I've, I've seen people come into the pool and like put on scuba equipment and practice scuba diving in the deep end maybe this is you and some of you are like I would I would never never go there I, I don't know where you are in the pool but I do know this wherever you are in the pool there's gonna be a mess because there's messes in a pool and I still can't wrap my brain around this. I'm four years into being a senior pastor, lead pastor, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I still can't believe, not that there are messes, but that we're surprised that there are messes. Like, we're in a pool. Like, people are swimming around. Someone's going to pee. Someone's going to get sick. Someone's going to whatever. Snickers bar, let's just go with that. There are going to be messes. The question is, what do we do about the messes? And it's so easy to read Romans 14. And go, well, we can't judge. He said in verse 4, who, who are you to judge? We can't judge people. He says, we always give an account of God to, to God of ourselves. So even the part I didn't read, verse, verse 13 says, therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Like, well, I guess we can't do anything about it. That's crazy. That's like me lifeguarding and looking at a pool full of pee and vomit and fake snicker bars and saying, it's good, just keep swimming. You got to clear that pool out. You got to make sure it's clean. You got to take care of the mess. I want you to know something. I'm not surprised when we have messes because that's just a sign of people in the pool, right? Who wants a pristine, clean pool that never gets used anymore? I want to be in a pool full of people. I want to see messes. It means that it's being used. Um, just a couple of verses for you to jot down Matthew 18. Galatians 6, I just want you to know this, those are clear scriptures in the Bible that we are supposed to help clean up the mess. Matthew 18 says, man, if somebody's sinned, man, go to him. Try to restore him. If he won't repent, take, take another with you. If they still won't repent, take leaders from the church. If they still won't repent, bring them before the church. 
Galatians 6.1 talks about, man, if somebody, if somebody among you is in sin, let those who are spiritual restore him. What Paul's saying in Romans 14 is this. One, let's not be surprised that there's going to be some contention. There are people here, the mess that he's dealing with is, well, you ate meat you're not supposed to. Well, you're, you, you shouldn't be eating it. I sh- you should be in the shower with me. We should all be having floaties and have a big floaty party. And then, like, you're down here going, no, we should be scuba diving. What's wrong with you? Why do you want to wear that? Come scuba diving. Like, they start fighting. Maybe that's why there's a rope in a pool. I don't know. Keep them separate. And Paul's saying, listen, the way that we judge one another is in light of the fact that there's a greater judge than us. Because our hearts, we're not pure yet. We're still being renewed, aren't we? I read this story this week about a thief who robbed a store. He felt so bad about it. He sent the owner a letter, and he just wrote, I'm sorry for stealing from your store, and I can't sleep at night. My conscience is driving me crazy, and so here's $100. He just put the $100 back in there and sent it. And the owner's reading like, that's amazing. And then it said, P.S., if I still can't sleep, I'll send the rest. We, we, we can't even really, we can't even really sometimes tell ourselves to do the right thing. And we need people. We need people in our lives to say, wait a second, there's a mess here. Let's get that cleaned up. There's going to be messes in the pool. And we have the right to speak into the lives of one another to help clean those up. We have to do it in light of the grace that we've been given. Uh, a couple more observations. You can be around the pool and not be in the pool. So let me just describe the people that I, I just think these are great people. I love people that go to a pool and don't want to get wet. Aren't those fun people? Uh, they're, they're, they're like in a lounge chair and they're reading a book, sunglasses on. I just kind of pictured this big floppy hat. And then that kid, the cannonballer that uh, I said a kid, but like all the men were like, I'm a cannonballer. They do the cannonball right in front of that person. And so water's up and all over them. And they're like, hey! And I just want some kid to be like, you're near a pool. <laughs> People that get in the water, in the shallow end, and I am this person sometimes, especially if the water's a little bit cold, and they walk on their tiptoes. <laughs> and like if you, if you splash water on them, it's like you splashed acid on them. Have you seen that? And like, oh, 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 oh. Just hold on. Let me come in at my time, right? Because the small of the back's like, oh, oh right? You're in a pool. You went to a public pool full of people. And you could be around the pool all day long. And one of the things that I want you to know, my heart is your pastor. Man, I pray our church is always full of people that don't believe in Jesus. Always full of people who don't believe in Jesus. But I'll never be the pastor that says, hey, it's good to have you here in our pool, and we'll try not to get you wet. Uh, no. You're in our pool. You're hanging out around our pool. Maybe you, maybe you got your feet sticking in it and it's kind of splashing. Maybe you're still back in the changing room. I don't know. But if you're here at the pool, you're going to get a little bit wet every now and then. You're going to hear some stuff. You're like, I don't know about that thing you said about Jesus. It's all good. You're just hanging out at the pool. You can't go to a pool and not expect to get wet. Can you be in the church and not love Jesus? Absolutely. But man, at some point, Phil's going to sing a worship song. I'm going to say something in a sermon. It's going to feel like somebody just cannonballed right in front of you. 
Water's going to go everywhere. You're going to get all splashed with Jesus. And you're going to want to run away. I'm just saying, man, hang out with us. Because at some point, here's what happens. At some point, you're sunbathing and you're hot. And you're just like, man, that water looks good. God, that water, I just want to get in the water. And you're going to want to get in the water. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the way it works. You know, so when I think of our church, here's what I think of. I think of a big pool, and we got people that, like, the, the crazy splashers, those are the, the really obvious worshipers, right? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, the crazy people, right? So, like, Pentecostal worship, hands in the air, singing, and they can't even sing good, but they're loud. And, like, maybe trying to dance a little bit, and you're like, dude, that is splashing person in the shallow end. Weird. And we got other people, you're, you're the lap swimmers. And I don't tell you this personally, I mean, the thing about lap swimmers is this, they're in better shape than anybody else in the pool. They're just boring. Well, no, hang with me. <laughs> Wendy's like, calm down, buddy, right? What I mean is they're, okay, let's, they're steady. Is that a better way to say it? Does that make you feel better? But they're steady. Like when I met Wendy, Wendy would tell you, Paul is like the shallow end splasher dude. And I probably was. I'm sure I was. Wendy was a lap swimmer. She knew, she knew more about the Bible than I did because she just swam laps with Jesus all the time. And Paul's like, in the Romans 14, he's like, why are you looking down on that? And then he would, like, he would stop Wendy. If Paul was here, he'd be like, Shh, come here, take a breath. Let me ask you a question. Why are you making fun of Paul? Let him splash. It's all good. Because you're all in the same pool. Does it make sense? So, if you're a lap swimmer, man, keep swimming laps. Just don't get mad when somebody gets in your way because they're having fun. Don't go find a church that's all about swimming laps. That doesn't show the grace of God. That just shows your preference. If you're a splasher, man, splash all day long, but don't ever for a moment Look at somebody who's slow and steady and consistent and accuse them of not worshiping God. And don't go off and find some church that's all about splashing around. Because that doesn't show the grace of God. It just shows your preference. So here's, here's how we need to wrap this up. Um, we're called to do two things um, from this passage. We're called to do two things. And here's, here they are. If, please write these down. We're called to do two things. We're called to make room, and we're called to make swimmers. That's what we're called to do, all right? No matter where you are, if you're a shallow-end person or you're deep-end, scuba gear, give me the knife, whatever person, I could have used that knife to get that Snickers bar. That would have been awesome. It would not have worked. It would have gone right through it. But no matter where you are, we're all called to do the same thing. We're called to make room, and we're called to make swimmers. If you could throw that pool picture up one more time. Now, I've, I didn't bring the picture, but if you, if you just, just Google Japanese public pools, they're like a billion people in a pool. It's crazy. And so what we never want to do is we never want to be the person that doesn't make room for other people. We never want to be the person that doesn't give margin. I've said this a couple times before. As a runner, when I go out and run, the people that I love are the drivers that go all the way into the other lane. They get as far away from me as possible as they go around me because I'm just like, dude, you didn't have to do that, but you gave me margin. The people that I don't love, and if this was you, I didn't know it was you, I prayed for you, 
I wave to you. <laughs> um, when 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 they they have the whole other lane, the whole other lane. You've got the whole other lane. Just move, and they don't. It's my road. So you just get your little runner butt off the side because this is my road between the white line and the yellow line. That's my space. Margin. We're called to make room. Colossians 3.13 says this, to make allowance for one another. Look at that. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. There are some, some translations that say make allowances for one another. That means you're in the pool and it's crowded and you're trying to swim laps and somebody got in your lane and instead of like blowing bubbles and saying bad words, you just help them get back where they're supposed to be and you just keep on going. We make room. There's not room. Hey, I'm sorry. The steps are full. Get another pool. No, you make room. Make allowances. Let them come in. We give margin so people can grow. It means if you're a lap swimmer, you make room for the floaty swimmers. If you're a cannonballer, you don't jump on the wall clinger. God, don't jump on the wall clinger. Well, I can if I want to. I can cannonball anywhere I want. Well, sure you can. But what did Paul say in Romans? We're supposed to be in a pool together. We're supposed to be kind of coexisting together. He says, if you read that whole verse, that whole chapter, don't do what's going to cause somebody else to stumble. So go cannonball in another part of the, another part of the pool. <laughs> cannonball in the jacuzzi. That would be a blast. <laughs> and then the second thing we're called to do is to make swimmers. Now I know if this is, doesn't sound very scriptural to make, make room and make swimmers, but I'm praying that you're kind of getting the picture. Again, I'm just trying to draw a picture, give you some kind of metaphor. If you get in your car today and you never look at a pool the same, I've, I've done my job, okay? Because this is a representation of the church and if you extend it even further out, all churches that say Jesus is Lord, we should be like this with all churches, right? There's not a Presbyterian section of the pool. You know what I'm saying? Like we're all in this together. There's not a Pentecostal section. There's a that. And then what about that? I'm not sure if they really. You know, no, we're, if Jesus is Lord, we're all in the pool. So if you always see a pool that way, then I've succeeded. And I want you to see in Romans 14 that Paul talks about that. We're called to make swimmers. When it's all said and done, here's what I've learned as a pastor, as a believer. You can't force people into the deep end. Well, you can. They just won't like you anymore. And maybe this was your story. Maybe the way you learned how to swim was you had a loving parent that just chunked you out and said, Good luck. I'm here if you need me. A hundred yards away. Man, I don't want that. You can't force people. You've got to let them be led. We learned that in Ezekiel 47. But what we can do, and I'm convinced this as a leader, man, we've got, it's our job to make sure that no matter where you are in the pool, if you're a deep-end swimmer, a shallow-end swimmer, if you're the rebel that stands on the rope, even though the lifeguard said not to, no matter where, if you're just sitting on the side with your feet dangling in the water, and you're not even sure about Jesus, but you've been checking out the gathering, and you kind of like what we're saying, but you're not sure about Jesus, it's our responsibility to make sure that you can swim. It's just, Parker, showed, he, Parker and Will told us about a training video that they had to watch this summer where a kid got put in time out at a public pool. And you can see from the security footage that he just slowly inched his way back towards the water. And he got into the water without anybody knowing it. And he died. 
It's our job as Christians to make sure that every Christian can swim. It's why we have community group, right? It's why we have Bible studies. It's why we pray together. So we want to make sure that we can all swim. And if, if you can swim, but you choose to kind of splash around down here for a little bit, I just want to make sure that if you ever check out the deep end, you're not going to drown. And it's not just my job. It's all of our jobs. Let me ask you the question. Are you making room for others, and are you making sure everyone can swim? As we've studied being disciples, um, I hope what you're seeing is this, that it's not just the preacher's job to make sure everybody can swim. He's called all of us, hasn't he, to make disciples, to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, to make disciples. And if we're all doing that, then it's all of our responsibility to make sure that the people that we're next to in the pool can swim. One of the more chilling stats that I found as I was preparing for this was that half the children who drown do so within 25 yards of a parent or an adult. Half the children that drown. Because you never hear about that. You always hear about, well, we were all upstairs having a party and so-and-so went down and found the pool. Half the kids that drown do so within 25 yards of a parent or an adult. And one of the best tips that I found was this. And this is not spiritual, but I'm going to make it work. That when kids get in the pool, they make noise because they play. And when kids get quiet, that's when you need to go check. So can I ask you this? As, as lifeguards in a pool, as people who are swimming in a pool next to other people who are swimming in a pool, as somebody who has said that Jesus is my Lord and you're next to somebody else who said Jesus is my Lord, even if they're very different than you and they swim different and go to different places, can I just ask you this question? Who has gotten quiet around you? Who are you going to call this week? Because they're quiet. I used to see them all the time. Now I don't see them anymore. Well, maybe preacher Paul will call them. And maybe I will. But maybe you could. Who's quiet around you? I just said preacher Paul. Don't ever call me that. <laughs> Sorry, I just heard it again in my head. And I was like, did I say that? Wow. It's like grandpappy. Whatever. Who's quiet around you? Make a call. And they, it's not, it doesn't have to be somebody that's quiet because they used to go to our church and don't now. I mean, you're around a lot of people that are in the pool. Who's quiet? Like, I used to hear them splashing all the time. I don't hear them anymore. Who do you need to call this week? That's what it means to go into the water. What it means to go into the water is we pick up a phone, we text, we send an email, we check up on the people that are in the pool with us. We understand that it's full of different types of swimmers, different places, different depths. We all make room for more. We help everybody know how to swim. And we check on people that are quiet. I want you just to bow your heads. And we're going we're gonna to pray right now. And I'm going to ask you to um, ask the Lord just that question. Who around me is quiet? Who used to be loud, splashing, swimming laps, they were, there was activity in the pool, and it's gone quiet. And I'm going to pray that God gives you the courage to get up from this place, to get in your car, and to call them this week. Not to, don't call them and ask them if they're going to come back to the gathering or how, why haven't I seen you in church? I mean, that might come up at some point, but I'm going to ask you to call them and just simply ask them this question. What is Jesus saying to you right now? 
What is Jesus saying to you right now? I've missed you. I haven't heard from you lately. What's Jesus saying to you? Just make the call. Don't wait on the lifeguard to do it. You're in the pool next to them. We'll talk about lifeguards over the next couple of weeks. But right now, let's talk about our responsibility as people in a pool. Make the call.